We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Robin. A two-run home run. The Brewers take the lead. Morgan, a smash up the middle. Base hit the center. You're cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Eurostep Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, we knew in our hearts that the Cardinals devil magic was not gone. We knew it couldn't be that easy, but now we have verified with our eyes that the devil magic is alive and well. Everyone, uh, if you, we want to stage some sort of exorcism at some point, we can figure that out. But first of all, Adam, hey, how are you? How you doing? I'm doing well. You know what the the Cardinals reminded me of? I've been calling our, I think our last two podcasts. I'm like just, just buried them as deep underground as we can. Just, you know, pile on the dirt. This is the opportunity to do it. Um, I'm gonna this is spoilers for a film from the nineteen eighties. Um the Cardinals are essentially the final shot of carry, Andrew. They are the, they are the hand coming up from the grave, ready to just grab at you. That's that's what the Cardinals are, and I don't know. I hope that I hope the Brewers don't live to regret this because what this series and their play recently has given us all a reminder of is uh those Cardinals. They've got some hitters, and if they can just get it all clicking again, and they can stop picking on Contreras, well. Maybe maybe they'll not be absolutely terrible. 
it's in play that they're not terrible. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's safe to say, especially if they get some of the pitching that they got in the series against the Brewers. Is that the Brewers' offense? Is that Cardinals pitchers starting to sort some things out and realize that you know sometimes if Wilson Contreras um, is behind the plate and he's catching, we we can push past all the things that you know we're all irritated about. And we can actually remember how to pitch. Jack Flaherty, turns out when you're up to 95 miles per hour, you're really effective when you're spotting 95 miles per hour. Derek Gould knows ball is uh, one thing I think we can say out of this series. Weird that they were asking about your velocity, you absolute <laughs> crybaby. Um, anyway, uh, news and notes, bumps and bruises, Adam. We'll return to our favorite oh, series. Uh, we spent last podcast talking about Christian Yelich and I don't know that we said the word very often uh, but the conversation on our podcast on podcasts other Brewers podcasts on national baseball podcasts I listened to a lot of podcasts and they were all having some version of the conversation we had it was like is Christian Yelich back did we say the word back to Christian Yelich back trending everywhere it was uh, it was um, and he played game one of the series against the Cardinals and then uh, sat out the last two games against two lefties, was removed from the first game for obvious reasons that we'll get to in a moment. Um, when it rains, it pours, Adam. We see Christian Yelich just have an out-of-body experience, hit three homers in a series against a team from Missouri I like a lot more than the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, and, and now there's some precaution with his back. Day off today, Thursday, so he'll get three straight days of not playing in a major league baseball game, but it was just really like a, a shot to the heart when when we heard that news. Maybe it was like preemptive back pain of my god, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be back, my back is gonna be sore from carrying this offense, which is what would have happened if he'd been available for this series. Yeah, not great, not fun, and just generally with Yelly and in the wider arc of who he was to who he became to is he back to could he ever be back um yeah back factors into that conversation with two different meanings and this is the second one it's not the first time there have been issues around Ellie's back and yeah the brews could do it going away and him just picking up where he left off because not the time that we wanted to see his momentum get disrupted either because i think as i talked about in the last part one of the really striking things was the confidence where you could see, oh, he he knows he's got something going. Um, could he have had his own Nolan Arenado-esque run, Andrew, is the question. And hopefully this hasn't put paid to that. Next up on the list, um, Luke Voigt has been moved to the 10-day IL with what's being called next stiffness. Uh, the Brewers then signed first baseman DH Darren Ruff to a one-year major league contract. Um, going into the series against the Cardinals, Ruff uh, had 727 plate appearances against lefties and had an 886 OPS with 39 homers. He is 36 years old. Uh, definitely a journeyman. Spent time with the Phillies, spent time with the Mets, spent time with the Giants and has even spent time in KBO. Um, thus far, 
those career numbers against left-handers uh, have not translated to anything for the Brewers. I don't think he's reached base yet um, in uh, this, I guess, one at bat in game one and two starts. So, yeah, he is 0-4-6 to start his Brewers career thus far with one strikeout. Hit a couple balls to the opposite field hard yesterday. I imagine he will get another opportunity on Friday because the Brewers will face one of the best left-handers in the league, Shane McClanahan. Um, Adam, is this setting up what's to be a revolving door of first base DH types? Uh, Luke Voigt, Darren Ruff, player to be named later, who knows? I think at a certain point you might have to you might have to make a more real move. I I don't know if you're really cycling through. Look, you've Ruff has time to make this not the case, although at 36 years old, whether he actually has time to make it not be the case for NC seen. The Brewers are scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to find reclamation projects, trying to latch on to former glories here. And it's not working. And if anything, their adherence to it is hurting them just as much as anything right now. So, yeah, I don't know, Andrew. I don't know. It's not great. Not great over there at the... The backup, the supposed lefty masher, first base spot in the Brewers roster. Moving on to just other fun, fun topics that you get nowhere else but here. Um, actually, you get it everywhere because I'm reading it off another website because people report on transactions and baseball at them, and then I take those reports, I read them, and then I say them on this podcast. Uh. Colin Ray option to Nashville. Trevor McGill recalled, um, as you'll remember, the the tall right-hander that they acquired from the Minnesota Twins, I believe. And we'll get to him later. Look good in his Brewers debut. Uh, the most unfortunate news on a human level here is Gus Farlin being designated for assignment. Had a very, very tough outing uh, in game one of this series um, where just nothing went well. He had Struggled on both of his rehab stints in both uh, Appleton, I believe, and then Nashville. And uh, the Rule 5 nature of his roster uh, inflexibility, I guess, was his undoing. Um, and we'll see if he ends up going back to the Dodgers organization or if the Brewers are able to work out some sort of deal to keep him in the organization. I think he could do with a more proper form of development where he gets to pitch in Nashville and see what he is as a reliever. Obviously he had not pitched above double a before getting to the Brewers organization in this rule five pickup. And it's tough to see because it's a sliding doors moment where if he does not get hit by a line drive up the middle twice (laughs) within like a couple of weeks or might've been like a week or less, you wonder what happens to him. I mean, it's very possible that, He's just not ready for this type of role. It's also very possible that 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 one flashpoint moment kind of derailed what was a promising start to the season. Uh, JB Bukowskis, uh, who they claimed off waivers from Seattle in April, um, has been called up to take a spot. And uh, yeah, we talk about things as, you know, sometimes as calloused as possible because we're talking about roster moves um, that the Brewers have to make to be successful this is a this is a cutthroat business and 
the, at the end of the day, winning is most important. But on a human level, this this designation for assignment is probably one of the the shittier ones we've had to talk about lately. For sure. And beyond that, I'm a little surprised. I particularly given the nature of handing over control from two to Dodgers, whether they care or not, um, and whether this ultimately works out in a way that he's back within the Brewers organization. I just would have thought, given we know he has got some pretty electric stuff, and we saw some of the positives of that in action prior to being just absolutely clobbered a couple of times, I would have thought you'd give him one more try, even if that is, you know, you're waiting for your next blowout loss where there's absolutely no stakes and it's okay, you've got another chance to go out there. I was just a little bit surprised that, yeah, this was absolutely spectacularly bad, uh, but let's not pretend that the Brewers and the rest of the pitching staff had just, you know, had got it going and everyone was vibing and he came in and ruined it. It was... Not the friendliest of spots to have to come into when the Cardinals are just essentially having a party. I don't know. I I was a little surprised by that. I guess in part it's also just by way of all the injuries, there's a another layer of desperation with the Brewers at the moment and just needing to cycle through and needing to have guys available to them and guys who they feel like have got their head in the game, which it might be as simple as that, that there is just an element of kind of still seeing balls coming straight back up the middle at him um, that he hasn't quite been able to shake. I don't know. I I feel like if it was me, it's possible I'd be seeing that for quite some time if you're getting hit twice in such a short period of time. Just felt a little, a little hasty. Not that it's not the right decision. It may well prove to be, but I, I was surprised. And I think I would have personally wanted to see this happen once more. You know, uh, to to be officially out. So what's next for Varland is he's on waivers. Uh, a team could claim him, and then they would uh, still have that Rule Five stipulation um, where they have to keep him on the the uh, active roster. Um, and if he goes unclaimed, then he'll be offered back to the Dodgers, who can bring him back without the Rule Five stipulation. So. We'll see what's next for Gus Varlin. Um, really tough way to go out. And uh, on a human level, wish him the best. Have I covered all of the uh, the ground there to, to no. cover Adam other than other than Wade Miley leaving yeah. uh, in game two of this series? Yeah. So <laughs> which we'll also get to in a moment. Wade Miley leaves after one and two thirds innings pitched uh, against the Cardinals in the second game of the series and what they're calling a latch strain. And uh I think Craig phrased it as they're going to get as many opinions as possible. Is is that how he phrased it about uh, what's when, going when on? Things, when things are going great, Andrew, that's, that's what that is. When things are going great, you just get as many opinions as possible. Um, yeah, I thought I thought you'd forgotten. I I now see you were going to hold it until we get to, to that game. But this is by far the most consequential. I don't think we're going to be seeing Yelly miss a whole bunch of games. I certainly hope not. This seems like something that has the potential to really come back and bite us in a way that let's just hope it doesn't, and let's not think too much about it right now. But that would be pretty catastrophic, because Wade Miley has been a massive, massive boost to this team. We know his 
last full start, we'll call it, didn't go very well. Before that, he'd been pretty incredible. And just in the spot the Brewers are, where they're just down so much of their starting rotation, and even those who aren't injured are, you know, pitching like Eric Lauer has been pitching lately. Uh, if Wade Miley is out for any kind of meaningful period of time, that's a real body blow, and it's just getting to a point where I how they sustain this, I don't know. They're they're doing a pretty good job of it. It's it is ugly. And I think we may well see some more games like the game one of this series we'll talk about, because I just they're gonna be running through some things. I guess the most surprising thing about that game is who was actually the starter for the Brewers. You don't want games like that on starts from your best pitchers and those who are left remaining. But if they can just stay around 500 or above 500 and hopefully get some of these guys back, they'll be in with a great chance to go in a division, go make a wild card, go make some noise this year. But my God, the pitching injuries. All the more brutal because the Brewers had actually prepared for this and had stocked up on extra starting pitchers because this is part of what was their undoing last year, where in truth, they didn't have anything like the volume of injuries the starting pitchers last year as they've had already this year. Yeah, we speculated in, in the last podcast when Eric Lauer came in for his relief appearance and pitched relatively well. Is that enough to send him back to the rotation? I'd say it's pretty safe to say that he's going back into the rotation now. I mean, they're they're just looking for warm bodies uh, to start games now. Do we get... Uh, Lauer uh, this weekend back into his spot in the rotation. Do we get Jansen Junk or Colin Ray coming back up to take Miley's spot? He is on the IL. I forgot to mention Jake Cousins was recalled. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough times. Uh, Random Woodruff, obviously, they're still targeting that June date from everything I've read. Um, his 60-day IL transfer was retroactive to, I believe, April 8th um, when he was put on the IL. Might have been the 10th. I can't remember. Um I'm I'm imagining round numbers, Adam. Uh, but uh, well, that that's better than I thought because I know that's a question we kind of we discussed privately. Was that was that retroactive or was the the move actually signaling a longer stay on the IL than we had anticipated? I mean, if if they can get him back at any point in June, I feel pretty good about that. But I, I mean, even beyond that, it's like this is a team right now that they could do it a they could do it a bullpen day, but to be able to do that, you need Corbin Burns to go out there once and like throw eight innings shut out, or you need Freddie Peralta to go and give you seven. Like the bullpen are being worked pretty hard, and you're just down starter after starter after starter. You're down starters from down your system. I don't know. I mean, some guys really might get a shot, and maybe something comes from that. But it's it's tough to see right now. This is this is not the ideal place for the Brewers to find themselves in, to say the least. Yeah, a guy uh, who can start and relieve. You sent me yesterday, Tyson Miller threw three scoreless, um, right down the road from my house, I guess. Um, uh, while I was watching. These debacles. Um, the guy that could get a chance, junk that we mentioned, Ray. We do you regret know what that decision is. now? Would you? Would you prefer to take in Tyson Miller? 
I yeah, I don't even know who won that game, but yeah, much lower stakes than than this might have been better for my mental health. Who knows? Um, uh, I think that's everything, and we'll move on to a baseball game that I watched every pitch of, which is not recommended. Should we should we do that, Adam? Yeah, let's do it. I guess. All right, game one of this series, Jack Flaherty against Freddie Peralta. And you know what, Adam? I'm fair and balanced on this podcast. Jack Flaherty was great. I made fun of him every and again, similarly to the Christian Yelich, is he is he returning to form comments? Every national baseball podcast I listened to was absolutely just going off about Jack Flaherty and uh him bullying Wilson Contreras. I think Joe Sheehan on Twitter was. And lo and behold, Jack Flaherty shoved it up our asses. Uh he was great, uh, but he could have been terrible, and the Cardinals still would have won this baseball game. Uh, Freddie Peralta on the mound, like I said, for the Brewers, gets uh, off to a tough start. Nolan Arenado, homers to left field, scoring Lars Newbar and Nolan Gorman. Nolan Arenado, until recent weeks, has had a tough go of it. I think he he homered the next game too, so that that made it five consecutive games in which he hit a home run, which like, like we said, the, the devil magic is waking up. We know how talented these guys are. Despite the poor record, they are not dead. They are like Jason coming out of the lake. They are like the carry comparison that you made. Um, did, did you notice on, on broadcast? Cause I mean, that's obviously one streak, but I felt like every guy who stepped up to the plate seemed to be on a streak of some sort, which is, Alarming, alarming, because we've been able to just be like, look at the Cardinals all the way down there, and it, there's just so many, like not just the top end, you like go down the order, and it's like, oh, this guy's on a you know double digits hit streak, and this guy just I was like, okay, don't like this, they're all getting it going. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language 
in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Um, yeah, it did feel like that. Like, I'm looking at the numbers, and I know it's not as overwhelming as I thought, but, like, Nolan Gorman and Brendan Donovan, it seemed like we're just tormenting yeah. the Brewers. Like, just... It's like so many new guys to hate, Adam. So part of it's, you know, good for the soul as a sports fan, especially as someone who, you know, is continually being baptized in new Brewers fandom things. Uh, Like something to really unlock my Cardinals hatred post Yachty is just, you know, important. And good Lord, are they doing it? Um, In the second inning, Paul Goldschmidt doubles to score Tommy Edmond. Freddie Peralta does not make it out of the sixth in this game. Five and a third. Six hits, six runs, five walks. Fastball command was all over the place. Um, allowed the homer to Nolan Arenado. I don't even know if it's just fastball command. I think it's just command of all pitches not really working with the five walks uh, through five and a third. is tough. In the sixth, <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt infield single uh, scores Paul DeYoung to make it five nothing. He's even... He's even reaching base on balls that don't make it out of the infield, Adam. What's a man to do? Uh, that man, Nolan Gorman, that I mentioned earlier, uh, doubles to right to score Tommy Edmond and Lars Newpar. And Nolan Arenado hits a sack fly to score Goldschmidt to make it 8 nothing after the six. Bryce Wilson was the man who relieved Freddie Peralta. One and two-thirds, three hits, uh, two runs. They were both earned, no walks, two strikeouts. After six, it's 8 nothing Cardinals and everything that could go wrong would for the Brewers early in this game. Uh, tough start for Peralta, who has been largely great this year. And just, they get in a hole early and the offense does nothing to dig their way out of it. And then at the end of the day, it's like you would have needed to dig the Grand Canyon anyway. Tommy Edmund is fast rising on my list of, you know, Cardinals, like, I was going to say rationally, hey, I think he was 8 for 12 with 5 runs in this series, so that's probably pretty rational. Um, just, I don't know what to do with that. Um, I mean, the baseline for all of this in this series, and I think the thing that we just shouldn't forget, because, yeah, giving up 18 runs, not good, very jarring. Honestly, the the problem in this series is you're not scoring. Like the offense just was not delivering, and not for failing to get guys in scoring position at times throughout the series. Even I think the opening, they have two on with maybe one out in the opening inning of this series and blew that, and it just that kind of set a tone for what was to come. Yeah, it's I I almost or I did forget about it because of just how the game unfolded, but. In the first, Yelich leads off with a four-pitch walk. Jack Flaherty looks there for the tanking, taking Jesse Winker singles. Willie strikes out, Rowdy walks, and then William Contreras grounds out into double play. You go from the bases loaded with loaded. Uh, one out uh, to nothing. And then from there, Flaherty just locks in. And 
<laughs> am I am I going to say the Brewers win this game if they score multiple runs that inning? I don't know well, because baseball games are weird. <laughs> but that that you would think has to be in their head, and I, I would think even kind of heading into the game, game plan wise, a real point of emphasis. Let's try and jump on Flaherty early because we know where his head's at right now. So if you can get a couple of runs in, do some damage early on, does he just crumble? And in fact, when he gets out of that, you you do the opposite. You empower him and he goes on to have a great, great game. So I don't I don't think you're wide of the mark, like for the scale of it being like, yeah, they lost by 17 runs. You couldn't draw it up any better than what was their first inning until they didn't actually score any of those runs. Like if you could, if you could light him up in the first, with everything going on, not just with him but with the Cardinals, you know, you've you've got then you've got Contreras out there a catcher again, and everyone's like, we've given up four runs in the first, you know, or whatever. I, I think the whole thing crumbles and it becomes a very different series. So that's where like the opportunity not being taken is just incredibly costly. You you give them a chance and yeah the devil magic will work and the Cardinals will take much more than what you're even giving them. Yeah. A butterfly flaps its wings. Jack Flaherty gives up a grand slam. Who knows if this game is uh, completely different. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a story uh, for an alternate universe. Um, in the eighth, Jesse Winker's single scores Joey Weimer to make it eight to one. So the Brewers <laughs> would get on the board in this game. And then in the eighth inning, um, where it would all go awry for Gus Farland. Tommy Edmond Homer makes it 9 1 uh, with Lars Newtbar and Andrew Kisner on base. Nolan Gorman Homer's to make it 12 1. Alec Burleson's single brings home uh, Brendan Donovan later to make it 13 1. Tommy Edmond single brings home Paul DeYoung to make it 14 1. And then Andrew Kisner Grand Slam makes it 18 1. This was with Mike Brasso on the mound. That's how far uh, things had gotten. Uh, and honestly, that's that's maybe the most painful part of this game. The, you know, the rest, you could just write off, burn the tape. But the fact that Mike Brasso's legendary 2022 pitching season uh, is, you know, not not going to be followed up. And that, what's he got? He's got a 27 ERA, Andrew, which is going to take some, some, you know, some hard work from Brasso to rein that back in. Maybe the most painful part of this game. Um, Jack Flaherty goes seven innings, three hits, no runs, two walks, ten strikeouts. Um, and then uh, I had had the volume turned off at this point, Adam. Just I was listening to some music to keep, keep my stress. Sure. So uh, I don't know if this guy's name is James Nail or James Naley. I'm going to go with Nail. Uh, he pitches two scoreless to finish so- out the game. It's a true or, Georgia actually, Trask, not, not, Georgia not situation. Which, exactly, not know. scoreless. Uh, he gave up the hit to Jesse Winker. Two innings pitch, three hits, the one run on the Jesse Winker single, a walk and a strikeout. Yes, it's taking us back to the days of of the first win in six. Shout out, Jordan Trask. I hope you're listening to this. Uh, shall we move on to both sadder and happier times at the same time, or do you have uh, another note here? Well, let's move on. All right, game two of this series, which in theory is a positive outcome, but it came at a great cost, Adam. Um, As we mentioned earlier, Wade Miley on the mound against Jordan Montgomery. Wade Miley goes one and two-thirds innings, a hit, a run, a walk, no strikeouts, allows a a homer to Nolan Arenado, and then leaves the game with the aforementioned latch strain. Uh, Before that, things were looking good. Uh, Willie Adamas uh, doubled home. Owen Miller to make it one nothing 
after the first. As we mentioned in the second, Nolan Arenado answers with a home run to tie the game. In the fourth, the Cardinals take the lead um, on a Brendan Donovan single. That makes it 2-1. Uh, relieving Miley was Elvis Paguero, who provided one and one-third innings pitched, uh, two walks, no hits, no runs. Um, his season ERA is down to 142. A guy that's uh, really been a pleasant surprise for the Brewers thus far this season. Hobie Milner um, relieved Paguero and was on the mound uh, when Brandon Donovan would single home uh, those runs to take the lead. But then in the fifth, uh, Jordan Montgomery still on the mound. Joey Weimer homers to center field to make it two to two. Uh, in the sixth inning, Brian Anderson's homer makes it three two Brewers, and then they would get scoreless relief work from y'all. Piamps, Peter Shazlecki, and most importantly Devin Williams to close out this game. Piamps goes one and two thirds innings pitched with two hits, uh, a walk, four strikeouts. Uh, Peter Shazlecki goes one and a third, uh, one hit, two walks, and it would get. Stressful during Strzelecki's inning. Um, after getting Paul DeYoung to fly out, he walked Nolan Gorman. Tommy Edmond uh, singles, runners on first and third with one out. Devin Williams comes on the game into the game to record a five-out save. Strikes out Brendan Donovan looking. Gets Alec Burleson to ground out uh, to the pitcher. Uh, and then to the ninth, <laughs> things would once again get scary by no fault of Devin's. Uh, a large new bar fly out starts the inning, strikes out Paul Goldschmidt swinging. Wilson Contreras doubles on a fly ball to center field that Joey Weimer misread. Uh, Should have ended the game. Weimer admitted as much. Uh, Nolan Arenado intentionally walked, and then Paul DeYoung grounds out to end the game. Devin Williams comes on, uh, gets a five-out save and what would be called a six-out save because of Weimer's misread fly ball. Just absolutely key clutch performance, whatever you want to call it, from Devin Williams coming into a game uh, in a sticky situation and just moving the Brewers on to victory. Yeah, he inherited a terrible situation. He had a nasty, nasty spot where you've got top of the order coming up and just, look, the Cardinals feeling pretty good all around. And he did Devin Williams things. And I couldn't be more impressed by just how good he was here. And I don't think the importance of it should be understated either. It's, yeah, this might just be a game in May, but getting one out of here, um, not letting the Cardinals get a sweep and just keeping things ticking over, not wasting a game, too, where you've gone through some real adversity with Wade Miley coming out without even finishing two innings. And you've got pretty good bullpen work throughout. All those guys have got to work. I think that's got to be my rule. <laughs> if if the whole bullpen are going to have to work, at least let's get wins out of those games. Let's try as much as possible on days like that. I think if everyone, if you get four or five relievers putting in great work, some of them going, actually all of them, that's very rare sight you look at the Brewers pitching for that game every single pitcher and over six of them who pitched in the game for the Brewers all went over a single inning um so yeah that's a good one to go and get and it wasn't by any means easy the situation that Devin was dealt so to come up with the save there big time just the kind of stuff we expect from Devin Williams yeah and holding down the top of the order as much as possible Lars Newbar over four did have a walk uh, Paul Goldschmidt over four did have a walk, but struck out twice. So for the most part, Wilson Contreras and Nolan Arenado not coming to the plate. Um, 
with the top of the order on base. Um, so that, I think that was that was pretty key in limiting the damage. Uh, moving on to the final game of the series, uh, Corbin Burns on the mound against uh, Matthew Libertor. Originally thought it was going to be Adam Wainwright. Instead, <laughs> the Cardinals say, what do we have in our pocket? Another left-handed starting pitcher, and this is what you throw at the Brewers. If, if J- Jamie Moyer is you know, still around playing adult men's league games. I'm sure he could just be for rent for various major league teams. Everyone that plays the Brewers, you have him probably tossing 81 mile an hour fastballs from the left-handed side. I think he's in his fifties now. Um, I think it would be a good pickup for anyone that's, that's facing the Brewers in an upcoming series. Um, Burns for the most part, uh, was very good. Uh, and, uh, no one Arenado, Ruled infield single, uh, questionable whether or not it should have been an error on Brian Anderson. Uh, scores Paul Goldschmidt to make it one nothing in the first. Burns goes six innings pitch, eight hits, three runs. They were all earned. One walk, seven strikeouts. Um, really, the game, it's sad to say that it, can't, it got out of reach in the sixth. Um, but that's largely what happened uh, because the, the scoring was not there. Um, ground ball to... First base, um, Rowdy Telez fields it, steps on first. Uh, Brendan Donovan is running kind of in his throwing lane to second base. So Rowdy he holds on to the ball, doesn't attempt to get the double play. Uh, the next batter, Paul DeYoung, uh, hits a homer uh, to make it 3 nothing. Uh, Burns gets out of the inning to, to end his day with six innings pitch. And uh, so moment in the game that, Kind of took the wind out of the Brewers' sails. They had opportunities in this game, and they just did not get big hits. 12 left on base, 0 for 9 runners in scoring position. So I think Rowdy's got to make a throw there to to force the issue and try and make a big play. All that being said, you can't win a baseball game if you don't score three runs. Uh, Owen Miller, 3 for 4 with a walk, just living on base. Tyron Taylor, 2 for 3 with a walk. Two guys in the lineup uh, who were having good at-bats, making positive impact. Uh, Jesse Winker gets a hit uh, and a walk or or Victor Caratini uh, gets it. And that's all the Brewers would have to show for this game and just couldn't get guys in, had a lot of traffic and nothing really doing a a lot of traffic courtesy of Tyron Taylor and Noah Miller really, but couldn't get a big hit when they needed it. And that's, that's been the story the last few weeks. I think just the offense sputtering and not, not being able to, to overcome pitching performances that aren't good from time to time. And in this case, not being able to give Corbin Burns any sort of meaningful cushion to work with and just making every every bad pitch be something to pay for because he can't score. Yeah, Owen Miller is on base three because it's a 19 games now, which is pretty remarkable. And I think given where expectations for him would have been coming into the season – like the, the the fact the Brewers are getting that much out of him and then it's not being paid off a game like this where he's just living on base and where you can bank on him from game to game to get on base sell into a nice groove too where he just seems like a doubles guy and uh that's always nice the guy who can step up and get you extra bases um the Tyron Taylor home run into a double was just an absolute gut punch 
I I think it's the first one of those I've seen. I know of them happening, but I think it's the first one I've seen. I think it's dumb. Top of top of the wall has to be has to be a home run to me. I guess there's something very purist about oh, it wasn't out, but something that everyone is kind of visually eh, pretty sure that's out, including like fans who are right in front. And then it's like, oh well, actually, it just seems a little, a little bit off. I don't know. I guess it's something that ties into the vagaries of all the different ballparks too. Then and just how that would change things up. That is a that is a low, low wall out in the outfield in St. Louis. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought that sucked, and obviously took. Any wind that could have been in the Brewers' sails was immediately taken out of them. But you just need more than that. Like, it's a tough, tough series for William Contreras going up against his brother. And it would be nice to, like, put something down there. I think contact hitting from him is something that's important for the Brewers. Didn't get any. Willie Adonis really going through it. Had one big hit in the series, but other than that, he is going through a tough, tough time. And then, yeah, Rowdy Telez, I mean, got on base pretty regularly when he was there, but the Brewers are, you know, proactively taking him out of the lineup for lefties and not leaving great alternatives to take his place. So I don't I don't know. Uh, like, on the one hand, the offense isn't performing well at all. On the other hand, you look at that lineup... Where where are we expecting the offense to come from? Like if you trot that lineup out there and you score no runs, <laughs> what have you got to say? I I don't know. I just think it's it's really really no pun intended rough right now. It is rough. Um, this we we were told about the Bush Stadium bullshit that we de- didn't necessarily see a whole lot of last year, but this was a series where. It really came into play. Top of the wall, no homer is one of the things. Game one, the weird play between Freddie and Rowdy where the ground ball uh, to first base where there's indecision and they don't get the out. Two plays in the fourth inning of this game where Bryce Terang fields a ball around a runner and can't figure out what to do with it. Uh, one was on a, a ground ball to second. One was on a weird bump single by Alec Burleson. And then obviously Rowdy not throwing to first. So it's like you could tell me that the Cardinals had voodoo dolls and were just like impacting the Brewers uh, in these moments. And I would believe you. That's how bizarre they were. Um, But like you said. Sorry, go go ahead. I was going to say just like at the end of the day, if you're not if your big lineup cogs are not producing and the guys that you're inserting to be quote-unquote left-handed mashers aren't mashing lefties during their albeit limited opportunity because it's only been a few games like you're just not going to win baseball games the offense has to figure out what it is and some of that's injury i think luisa rias against lefties will be a a added degree of competence when he comes back uh i think he'll probably uh make an impact there and um obviously tyron taylor seems like he's settling back in but just the injuries and then also just the poor performance from guys that you expect to be key contributors is is just dragging this offense into the mud. 
the one thing I wanted to shout out was, um, was it the second inning where the bases ended up loaded with one out and Corbin Burns just, or was it, it was with no outs, right? Um, Corbin Burns just came up and he went full Corbin Burns, like the best version of himself, locked in, just mowing guys down with his curveball. And that's a fun sight. And he was very pumped up. And it's, I don't know what we can take from that or how that can kind of be channeled because I guess that's the kind of thing that only happens when the lights are at their brightest, when he finds himself in that spot. And it's okay, this is real trouble and you've got to get out of it. But I wish we could just bottle some of that. And for some of the upcoming starts, we kind of need that version of Corbin to just come right out of the gate. Yeah, that was that. Um, fourth where fourth, sorry, Contreras Contreras singles uh the two Bryce Durang plays and then Corman goes strike out of Deonk, strike out of Edmund and then gets that weak tap grounder, uh, excuse me by Lars uh Newbar. So, um, yeah, other than the Deonk homer, I mean, I thought Burns was really good. Um, Matthew Libertor. <laughs> Did his job obviously scatters three hits and three walks, six strikeouts. Um, gets good relief work from the boy, uh, the bullpen. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, um, allowed some some runners, but had three strikeouts, pitched his way out of trouble. Ryan Helsley closes things down, uh, one and a third with a walk and a strikeout and a hit on the Brewers end of things. Uh, we got to see Trevor McGill for the first time this year, and he looked great in his one uh, inning of work. Two strikeouts, didn't allow a hit. Um, Jake Cousins throws a scoreless uh, bottom of the eight. And, uh, yeah, over for runners in scoring position again. 12 left on base. Um, is that literally the same number as the or, – or did I already go through that? I don't know. My brain's broken. Uh, the Brewers did not, uh, did not score runs, did not get guys in. Shout out Owen Miller, Tyrone Taylor, and Corbin Burns. You did your best. 26 runners left on base for the series, which is quite a lot. It's not what you want, Adam. It's not what you want. Yeah, not, not, not great. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's look ahead. Although, (laughs) I don't know. Let's look ahead anyway. Woo. Um, the Master Brewer leaderboard, Devin Williams gets two beers for his tightrope walk. Uh, Owen Miller, six for ten, a walk, two doubles. Jesse Wanker, three for six, one RBI, one walk. What is his season to be? I still don't know, but he got on base in this series. Same with Rowdy Teles, two for five, two walks. He got on base a ton. Uh, Elvis Peguero, one and a third, scoreless. Uh, Yoel Pimps, one and two-thirds scoreless, and Trevor McGill, welcome to the Milwaukee Brewers. One inning pitch, two strikeouts, no runs allowed, no hits. Uh, leaderboard, 343 games. Devin Williams leads the way with 10 beers. Peter Treslecki with eight. Roddy Tellez, Christian Yelich, Brian Anderson with seven. Willie Adamas, Bryce Wilson, Yoel Pimps with six. William Contreras, Corbin Burns, Hobie Milner, Freddie Peralta, Bryce Turing, Wade Miley, Garrett Mitchell, Joey Weimer with five. Owen Miller, Elvis Peguero with four. Jesse Winker, Victor Caratini, Eric Lauer with three. Brandon Woodruff, Gus Farland, Javi Garrett, Jake Cousins, Colin Ray, Tyron Taylor with two. 
Luke Voigt, Mike Brasso, Matt Bush, Tyson Miller, and now Trevor McGill with a single beer. And that'll bring us to a tough series on the horizon. Today, obviously, is an off day. Um, hopefully, the, the Brewers are getting down to Tampa, St. Pete, wherever they stay, and are, are having a nice day of rest and relaxation, especially those bullpen arms. Um, first up, it... Uh, it does not get any easier in the left-handed starting pitcher department. Uh, ooh, 540 Central start on Friday, May 19th. Adrian Hauser against Shane McClanahan. McClanahan, hard-throwing left-hander, one of the best lefties in the league, started the All-Star game last year. A guy that seems like he's going to be a perennial Cy Young can- uh, candidate. So, uh, yeah, Darren Ruff, three-homer game and coming. Uh, Saturday, 310 Central start. May 20th, uh, I, I presume to be Eric Lauer against uh, Zach Eflin. I don't think that's been in stone anywhere, but based on uh, the way the... Uh, based on the limited options available to the Brewers. Yeah, it's either going to be Eric Lauer or or I've a recall of someone else. So like a Tyson Miller or Jansen Junk or uh, I, I don't know if... Uh, Colin Ray can be called Colin back Ray up this is soon. probably going to be back soon. I, I mean, we'll we'll see how Wade Miley still shakes out, but I think that's probably on the cards too. And then uh, Sunday, May twenty first, twelve forty Central start. Freddie Peralta on the mound. Now, uh, Fangraphs uh, probable pitcher chart has Cooper Criswell in here for Tampa. That being said, this could be a potential return date. I think for Tyler Glass now, who just made what could potentially be um, his final rehab start for the Rays. Uh, so if if that's Tyler Glass now, um, uh, Chris Wells not on the active roster. Is he even on this team? I'm going to have to get back to it on that. Uh, if it is Glass now, I know he's just returning... Uh, from injury so it's less scary from that standpoint but uh you face Shane McClanahan and Chris Well in the same series I'm I'm not not scared Adam I'll just I'll just leave it at that great they are only five and five in their last 10 so they're not what they were to start the season I'm just I may be clutching at straws but yeah I'm gonna clutch quite tightly at them because it doesn't. It doesn't look great otherwise. But you, look, this is baseball, Andrew. You just you never know. The Brewers just need to go out there, see what happens. Uh, maybe maybe not overthink things on the whole variety of levels because I think if you think too much about some of this right now, don't know if you're gonna have good thoughts. So let's just go swing freely. How about that? Cooper Criswell's at Durham. What does Fangraph know? <laughs> Um, ESPN has that so, has that spot completely vacant at the moment. So maybe Fangrass is using psychics, and and they're trying to just guess what happens. Um, I guess I guess uh, this could be a when you expect the least, you get the most situation from the Brewers. If they go out and win two out of three, it's going to be a a really really happy Sunday night podcast. 
I mean, sincerely, I just want the injuries to stop now because I just feel like it's got ridiculous. <laughs> Wade, Wade Miley might just be my personal tipping point or it's like, come on now. <laughs> come on, this isn't fair. Let, let us have a chance to enjoy watching this team this year. Like, come on. What uh, what I forgot to say during the bumps and bruises segment is that Aaron Ashby has started throwing. So there, there's a there's there's one bit of news that's not terrible, Adam. Um, let's just get the lay of the land. Uh, tough series, but the Brewers. If you if you could just eliminate the knowledge of all the injuries from your brain, you'd be feeling pretty good. Uh, twenty four nineteen, a game ahead of the twenty three and twenty Pittsburgh Pirates, five games ahead of the Cubs, five games ahead of the Reds, six and a half games ahead of the Cardinals. So. They can continue to find a way to weather the storm and get healthy. They're not in a bad spot, but just it's from an from a injury standpoint, it's just when it rains it pours. And like you said, uh hot on the heels of being like, well, Yelich is out with a back stiffness or tightness, um, after what was his best series in some time, and then oh, yep, Wave Miley's leaving the game early. Yep, this uh, this would happen. This would happen to the Brewers this week in Bush Stadium with the Demons. And the the lead on the Cardinals is six and a half at the moment. And I we can't get too locked into this. There's a lot of season left to go, but I will increasingly find myself already doing just a little bit of keeping an eye. Not day to day, but certainly keeping an eye and being like, okay, how long can they maintain some of that distance? How well can they manage that? Because Different circumstances, and with the Cardinals not being quite as disastrous, but we went through this last year of, oh, look at just how good a position the Brewers are in, in the division, and we saw how that could get wiped out. This is a very different situation, because I think there's quite a lot that's just honestly beyond their control right now. But just pick up every win you can, and let's try and manage that lead over the Cardinals, and see how deep into the season you can take it, where you're still in control of the division, Hopefully you get healthy and then the Brewers can focus on really kind of kicking on. But I I do think we're looking at a month, six weeks of just trying to just trying to manage this tread water and try to maintain some of the good that the hot start gave them. I miss Garrett Mitchell. Yeah, he's pretty good. Fun just player. Like a, Made a, good things and happen. Just, and just like his vibe, just like seeing yeah. his face. I just I just miss him. That's... Uh, I said this a couple of weeks ago. Like it, it is. It does feel like the team is kind of in exactly the kind of spot where it would be great to be able to be like, okay, self really like this is your time. And the fact that you don't even have those kind of options, that injury is trickling down. Like we didn't, we didn't mention Kesson Hura getting injured and being out for quite some time. Yeah. We've, <laughs> we've, we've started to talk about him, and he's obviously been absolutely crushing it in Nashville. Now, we all know that does not necessarily mean anything, but. Again, we're talking about the situation at first base and what they're not getting and just the general problems the Brewers are having. We're probably getting to the point where they would have had to take another look at that. And then he's going to be out for quite a few weeks from what I saw. I I don't know if there was exact clarity on how long that would be, but it's just it's just constant. It's like every candidate who could be called up to just inject something different, to inject something new, oh, they're injured too. So... It's not just the Brewers. It's honestly, it's trickling down throughout the farm system. A guessing game I like to play with my uh, with my brain 
when I'm just sitting there thinking about what roster construction is would Jackson Shorio have an OPS plus above league average if you if they caught him up right now? Just straight away, portrayal man. Yeah. It's just a guessing game I play. And I you know what? I think he would. Southern League's weird this year. They're using that sticky baseball that everyone hates. So even if he's is not dominating there, you know, who knows? Is that affecting the pitchers more? Is it affecting the hitters? No, I don't know because I've only hit, heard it mentioned on podcast offhand. I'll, I'll do some research into that. Uh, look, he's he's making plenty of. We got highlights with the glove. We got highlights with the bat. Uh, him and Jefferson Cuero, girl had a true oh, yes. home run game, which we should probably mention just to try and find something that is actually like undeniably positive in a game where Cuero also homered. So. Yeah, I don't know. Should everyone just be like getting down to Biloxi? Is that seems <laughs> like the fun times that in the Brewers are definitely with the Shokers right now? They call it the Pearl of the Southeastern United <laughs> States, Adam. Live it up to its name. All right. I think that does it for us for this episode. Make sure you never miss an episode. Subscribe to Cruising for a Bruising wherever you get your podcasts. You should also check out the rest of the GSPN shows. We've got Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed, home to all things Milwaukee Bucks. That's Time Edition Rowan Cuddy on Eurostep, myself and Jordan Tresky on Winning Six. We have a deep dive on not all, but most of the Bucks head coaching candidates. The Bucks have a longer list than anyone, so they've they've caught us on the hop. But if you haven't checked that out yet, go to the Eurostep Podcast Network feed. It's worth your time. Talking to Tundra. Home to all things Green Bay Packers. New episode dropping very soon, I believe, in the next day um, from Numac and Jordan as they talk through a lot of what the, the people around the Packers, coaches, are starting to talk about as life post-Aaron Rodgers really starts to come into focus. We've got Make Time for this, our show for all things pop culture, where... Right now, available for you to listen to. You can go and check out an episode myself, Andrew, Jordan, and Ty talking about all things succession, episode eight of the final season, where things go from here, where we think it will land in the all time pantheon of great TV shows. If you watch succession, you're going to listen to that episode. For everything else we do, check out GSPN Info. You'll find the repod there. You'll find our Discord. You'll find the merch store, all of that stuff. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>